Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. You got Luke and Kyle here. We are excited to have another great episode. It's near the end of the quarter. We've got an excellent guest coming on later. The Olympics are just around the corner. Of course, I'm going to talk about that. Um, but we, we've got a lot going on here, Kyle. Um, first off, did you did you take my advice? Did you watch any of the Olympic trials? There's still a little bit going on, but did you catch any from last week? There is playoff hockey. There We're, is college baseball. There is tennis. There is sig- multiple things I could watch besides that. Uh, basketball, you're absolutely, baseball. You're absolutely correct. There are a lot of unimportant things that happen <laughs> in the world. But what I asked was, did you actually prioritize things that are going to improve your when, life? When I was going through the guide How and, often I, is and I saw that go, I just kept scrolling. I kept going down. Hey, you know, it's okay. Not everybody's perfect. <laughs> not, one's, not everyone's as so, cultured as you are. That's you know? true. That's true. You don't have some of that. Um, but anyways, I'll fill you in on a couple of things here. So obviously it was fantastic. A lot of great things happened during this time, but a couple notable events, um, you know, a lot of great things happening on the swimming side. I'm a little biased. I do love the swimming side, yep. being a former swimmer myself, a couple American records broken there by a couple, couple folks, um, spin over here to the track side though. Some, somebody I was very impressed with. So Allison Felix, I think most people know her name, um, that have any sense of culture that is. Um, do you know who Allison Felix is? You ever heard is the name? The, is she the one that won the like 100 meter sprint? I don't know. There was someone. Some, anyway, so Allison Felix has been. She she qualified. What was very notable? Okay, she's a class act. First off, absolutely fantastic athlete. One of the greatest of all time. I don't say that lightly, but seriously, for women's USA track, she probably has the best resume hands down. Um, but she qualified for her fit Olympics at this Olympics. So that's. She just had a baby not terribly like long 20 ago. Years? Yeah, well, I mean, probably Every like probably years. like 16 years because you figured oh, you, know, okay. you start yeah. and yeah. So 16, well, I guess 17 years because the fifth year here. But yeah, she qualified for her list, fifth Olympics. She medals in all of them in the 400 meter uh, dash. She'll, she'll also run the 400, the four by 400 uh, relay. So she'll actually have two races there. Um, but very excited for her. She looked she looked great. Um, so and then obviously. A, but what's interesting about this Olympics is I feel like, and this is true, definitely true on the swimming side, definitely true on the track side. There's a lot of new blood that's coming into yeah. it, right? You know, you, and what you a perfect timing, too. Everyone's kind of coming out. Like, yeah. everything's opening up. Everyone's either vaxxed or not. <laughs> and so I think, like, you have a couple of things. You had a five-year stretch there. through, And I think a lot of folks that were probably towards the tail end of their career are, are being pushed out and that right. young money's coming in, right? Phelps right. isn't going to be there. Uh, he retired before. He kind of, you know, I mean, he doesn't have to do anything, but right. you've got a lot of those, you know, big names that aren't there anymore. And I think a lot of this new money is going to come in. Um, but anyways. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but transitioning away from that, getting back to the logistics side here. Um, so we talked last week about FedEx. Called them out. FedEx. FedEx. What did they do? Give us the summary. They were, they were just... Uh, Making some business decisions and decided to cut off the bottom fourteen hundred customers. And right. naturally, we're not really sure how they actually defined bottom fourteen hundred. If it was by revenue, if it was by profit. I mean, we could probably make a fair assumption that a good old college try was probably the less profitable hard lanes that were kind of outside of their network. They had some big. They had some big dogs in that four hundred too. So because what happened? You hit. Yeah. You, you know, if you 
If you're afraid, of the, don't you know what's that phrase? If you don't bite uh, the hand that feeds you, don't bite the hand that feeds you. But if apparently, you're FedEx heat, thought they didn't the really kitchen, need all of it. All of that. So what happened? Well, big old Lowe's, big old Home Depot decided that's stupid. Why are you doing that? We give you so much more money. Use us. We aren't part of that group. You better take us out of that Cliff group. Notes. There. Cliff notes. This is what we're so anecdotally. We've been uh, uh, one of our writers interviewed some people at Lowe's and. Uh, they had expressed their concerns with them taking off that fourteen hundred. That was customers. such a nice way of you yeah. to say that. <laughs> they expressed their concerns. I'm and, sure that's exactly how they phrased it. And so, it. what happened almost instantly is that the uh, individual rep from FedEx said, "Oh, well, we'll graciously give you back fifty percent that we just cut off. Fifty <laughs> percent. Look at us. You know, we're so we're so. Oh, nice. we're sorry. You know what? We'll give you that back. But no, that's so funny because it's like." You know, we're coming out, we're making these big, big rash decisions, and then what just happened? Well, I can just complain. I can pull a little Karen out there and yeah. just say, and you're going to give me back but my lane. think about this. Think about what time we're in on, like, the logistics side of things, right? right. And Phil, who's going to come on here in a minute, is going to tell us a little bit about this. But, like, think about, like, how crazy the market is, is for somebody like FedEx to literally say, no, we don't want your business. That's that's how crazy the market is right now. Yep. And they're saying no to companies like Home Depot and Lowe's. Like this isn't, you know, like mom and pop surf, surf shop down the street, although I'm sure there were some included in that. Like these are big dogs like that they're saying no to. Yeah. I mean, we talk about it every every week is demand is super high. So there hot. is so much demand right now and supply is not really coming into the market. So what does that do? It puts the drivers in of course, the driver's seat to yeah. be making these decisions. And so now that you're able to have kind of the pick of the litter, you're going to want to be in these more dense lanes. So it makes sense why they did it. Now, did they do it the right way? I don't know. Who am I to judge? But like, yeah, you just flipping on your decision kind of shows a little bit yeah. about like, okay, it's not really that set in stone. You can, if you have some power, you can kind of pull that leverage. It, it makes you wonder probably, and I'm just guessing here, I don't know, I wasn't involved in the decision, but probably somebody was looking at everybody, everybody's a spread, you know, they're looking at a spreadsheet, right? They see all these unprofitable lanes or customers, they're not really dictating, okay, it's this customer or that customer, and they're like, okay, these ones aren't running, right? Let's just swipe all these ones out all together, rather than looking at other ways to make them work or something like that. I'm I guessing mean, that's probably what We happened. talked about Brad Stewart last week about, you know, you as a business owner, you especially for a publicly traded company, you are trying to make the best decision for your company. Right. So divesting, investing, trying to pick and choose what is the best for your company. And so clearly this was probably the yeah. a good, I mean, it probably increased, by the numbers, it probably increased their operating ratio, their utilization was, yeah. was enhanced, all those things that, that carriers love to, to benchmark and look at, it probably hit. It is interesting that they're coming back and, and taking some millions so that they're only going back to 50% capacity or volume which really leads me to believe that like it must have been really bad freight for them that they yeah. didn't want. But anyways, um, we've got a great guest coming on here in yeah. a minute. Okay, so um, so Phil Schmidtbier, the direct senior director of analytics and solutions for ODW Logistics and Transportation, is going to be joining us here. Uh, Phil, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing today? Oh, we're living, living the, dream. the dream. It's hot. It's hot and it's hot here. That's that's for sure. We're definitely in the in the thick. Although of summer. this morning was quite nice, I might add. Yeah, nice it's been great today, years. man. Nice weather today. Yeah, Luke's normally a, a skinny jean and, and shoe guy. He's a flip flop and shorts guy today. I'm a flip flops and shorts guy today. It's summer. I got to flip. The jeans are off all summer. We're we're flip flops and shorts until September. But we're just out of COVID, so it's waist up. 
Yeah, that's all that matters. All that matters. No, awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, so, give us a little bit of background on yourself. How'd you How'd you end up at ODW and kind of what your focus here in the analytics? Yeah, so I've been at ODW almost six years now, um, and uh, I, I large background in, in 3PL. I've worked for a lot of 3PLs uh, in the past. Um, worked at a, a grocery train for a little while. I've I've been uh, largely involved in transportation my entire career. Started out a lot in automotive. Um, and I, I was actually calling on ODW uh, prior to working here. I worked at um, at XPO Conway right before the XPO purchase, and I was calling on them. And I, you know, they we had a need at, at ODW for uh, supply chain analytics and and um, really network study, understanding uh, where our customers needed to be and distribute from and what their strategy was. So they had a big customer they had just pulled in, and one of our largest customers that we still have today, and they needed a supply chain study done, which is work I've done in the past. So. It was. Uh, it's been awesome. I've loved being here at ODW. Great team we work with, and um, so I just kind of, you know, worked my way into a role where I I did analytics and uh, and solutions for our customers. That's great, Phil. It's awesome here. Um, so what what's been you know from your perspective? You've seen obviously a lot of changes, kind of being in this role. Mm-hmm. There was a 2017, 2018 volatility, the down years of 2019, mm-hmm. and then whatever the heck we're in right now. You know, what's what what has been your process, right? You know, obviously, you know, data is really important for everybody and we're in a very fragmented market, right? How do you how do you go about even attempting to answer questions of like what's going on right now? Yeah, it's it's been tough. There's been a lot of a couple of customers we've done some supply chain studies for. And generally I tell people like if I'm looking at a year's worth of data, um, I can, you know, that'll give me understand your seasonality and fluctuations, but it's been crazy looking at people's data because you're trying to back out and understand what part of this is due to COVID, what part is not. Um, we've got some very uh, diverse customers and been very lucky over the past year and a half to two years because we've had some customers that, you know, they, they make plexiglass. So you can imagine through COVID, like their demand went through the roof. So when I'm, when I'm doing modeling or, or just trying to understand the transportation market, it's, it's it's been tough, but we always try to use data. Um, and you can look back, and you can try to normalize some of the data. But um, that's the toughest part: is making data driven decisions when your data is all over the place. So um, you know, I think as you guys know, we've we've uh, used the freight waves data and, and try to help help that uh, make some sense of the marketplace and where it's going. Not only where it's been, but where it's going as well. So it's not an easy task. Yeah. I think it's one thing too, even if you see data that's telling you a certain story, sometimes it's tough to even just digest it and be like, surely that can't be the case. I remember when, when COVID was happening, we were starting to see just, you know, some of the volume numbers, the, the demand numbers in Sonar. It was like, really? Is that true? Yeah, right. Is that really the case? <laughs> there was I mean, initially this- we all thought, I think it was, was it May last year where things just went through the floor and... Yeah carriers were moving freight for whatever it was. And all of a sudden, June just went through the roof because we all expected, you know, volume to go through the floor. And you look at, you know, Lowe's as an example, Home Depot, all of a sudden, everybody's in line. They're not, they're not working anymore or whatever. And all of a sudden, they're in line at Lowe's and Home Depot buying home supply projects. And it, it was, um, it was crazy. And you're right, you can't really trust, trust all the data. No, that's, that's crazy. And so what, how have you, adapted to not only your more transactional business in those data-driven decisions mm-hmm. and your managed trans. Like, what is similar and what is different when you're trying to convey a message to what's going on to those two styles of customers? Yeah, um, well, the first thing is using the data to tell the story to the customers. Um, you know, you've seen a flip as well on, on dedicated. A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of times the spot market used to be a lot more beneficial for people to buy freight on the spot market. 
And you've been seeing this trend and it's just accelerated that a lot more people are moving towards trying to get dedicated pricing. So we try to use the data to help people understand, help customers understand, look, here's what's happening in the marketplace. I know you don't like the idea of paying X amount of dollars on this lane, but this is what's been happening on that lane. And you're probably better off just committing to get capacity. You guys were talking about lows and, um, and how FedEx has just decided to shut them off. Like it's not about how much can I pay pay for a truck these days? Um, there's times where you're just not going to get capacity no matter what. So there's other things you got to look at than just paying for it. So really, our strategy is is trying to talk to customers, understand the different different types of business they have, whether it's a more dedicated or whether we're going to be on the spot market. Um, a lot of things we we try to focus on is if you're going to buy a truck, make sure you're that it's full, right? If you've only got 20 pallets on a truck and there's room for more, how do we optimize that? Maybe put more freight on that. So our focus for our customers is really optimizing not only the tactical part of their supply chain, but strategically, are you a good shipper to go into at our distribution centers? Are we treating carriers, loading them when they get in there, not not holding them forever? So there's a lot of things you can look at and being a, a better shipper uh, for the carriers as well. Yeah, because it's a carrier's game right now. And and so how much does maybe like even like lead time play a factor into that? Does Do you try to play in like, okay, well, we're looking at benchmarks here for, you know, you giving your customers this, or your, your carriers this much time to uh, actually execute this load, but um, you're giving them a, a portion of that. Or do you play with those kinds of numbers or what, what do you, what strings do you have at your um, disposal that you usually like to bring up? Yeah, lead time is one. Uh, we do we do a lot of retail shipping, so um, you know, good luck getting retailers to give you more lead time. Um, <laughs> but for us, it's about planning, having the inventory available with our customers. We talk to them all the time. When we have when we don't have the inventory in the distribution center, we can't optimize and plan accordingly. There's other things looking at, like when you're when you're shipping certain lanes, right? Are you are you going to try to move a guy out to California? Um, to where he's going to be sitting the entire weekend. So your your Wednesday, if you're going from Columbus to California, shipping on Wednesday is going to be totally different than shipping on a Thursday or a Friday uh, for a Monday delivery. So um, a lot of it is just when you're shipping to certain destinations. Um, are you holding drivers over? You know, it's all about making it efficient and and for drivers to want to want to run those loads. So all of those things are are uh, are definitely things we look at and talk to customers about. So we're constantly on the phone asking a customer, "Hey, can we ship this early? Can we ship it later?" It's going to save you money, um, as well as can you get it loaded right away? That's a good point, Phil. Something that we were talking about uh, earlier uh, before the show was, you know, you guys take a lot of pride in being able to, you know, to to help de-risk your customers, right? And I think that's a big a big yeah. focus point today, right? Like, how do you separate? How do you separate yourself from everybody else that's out out on the market, right? How do you how do you how do you show value to your customers? And I think. Being able to show them how you de-risk them, right? Nobody wants their prices to go up. We get that. Everybody right. wants to save right. money, but sometimes that's not the reality. Sometimes you do have to pay more. But if you can find a way, like if the market's up by thirty percent and you or your customers are only have experienced fifteen percent of that, that's a big yeah. win, right? Yeah. So we use data to to put metrics together for all of our customers. So you know we'll look at cost per pound a lot, cost per case, um, just different ways to measure their total cost, right? And so we, I, I kind of like to break the, you know, somebody's supply chain up into three different parts of the strategy. The first part is, are you distributing out of the right location? So network wide, are you set up right to service your customers? Um, and then there's a tactical piece of it. of Are you optimizing your freight going out the door? So sometimes I'll see customers where they will ship two shipments to the same customer one day after the next. And it's two half truckloads or two 
two smaller LTLs that could have been combined as one. Um, and then the last part of it is then sourcing. Once you once you optimize your network on a tactical basis, day to day basis, then are you sourcing properly, right? So we've got customers where we're looking at measurements and we see that transportation rates are up 53% year over year, but their cost per pound or cost per case is only up 12 or 13% year over year. And so we look into the different factors. It can be shipping size, it can be length of haul. Um, and a lot of it is just we're optimizing better. So we'll find that we're putting more freight uh, on each of the truckloads. And so we build dashboards for our customers to really help explain in our customer business reviews why they're seeing the changes in their cost structure uh, that they are seeing. But a lot of times people say, well, my cost is going up. And so we try to use data to show them. Yeah, but it's only going up at 15% when it could be going up at a 53% rate. So right. there's a lot of things going on in the supply chain. It's really about data and educating your customers on what it means. I love that, Phil. I think that's a great point. Uh, folks, let's go ahead. I've got a chart here. I won't, let's throw this up on the screen for everybody to see. I love this chart here. I think it tells a good picture. So, um, you know, so this is that blue line that you see there. That's the that's the that's a one year chart of specifically van contract rates over the last year. So you can see they've increased right at 30 percent. Spot rates have increased significantly more than that. So this is just for for van contract rates. So we've seen an increase of 30% just from one year ago today. Um, and that green line, I like overlaying it with that because it kind of tells the story as to why. And it's, you know, so we've seen a 35% increase over the same period of time, that green line in, in drive-in uh, freight volumes or, or tenders. Um, so, I mean, obviously the demand is just going up. That's sucking up that capacity, causing those contract rates to continuously be negotiated higher and higher. And it looks like they're pushing higher and higher spot rates we've seen be much more volatile than this. Um, but it, it is amazing. Like you don't see contract rates go up that much, like not 30% in a year. And it's even more if we go back to where they hit a lower point in like April and May of last year. Yeah. You, you know, it's, it's really interesting to, to look at this because it, you see these little bumps. So it's, it's had a natural rise, you know, it's not as aggressive as the green line, which is demand. And right. And so you see these big spikes and naturally on the spot market, you'll see the, the, the rate per mile actually flow with that almost directly. Right. And whereas this, you actually see it in timeframes. And interestingly, interestingly enough, what we, we had a guest on probably about a few months ago, and it's all about trying to figure out what's the latest, what can you actually relate to? And, and Phil, I think you brought that up is like trying to educate your customer. And so do you give like a, hey, that the most realistic thing to relate this to is actually probably March and April of this year? Or where, where do you try to set your your benchmark of like, hey, here's the new normal? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Um, I don't know what the new normal is right now or that we really have a good um, a good benchmark. But we kind of show like a running the last year. Here's year to date. Here's what we've seen year to date. And we kind of take a look at that. Um, it'll be interesting to see as and I'm not, we're not even really sure what's going to happen. If, if more people start to get back to work, uh, instead of getting paid to, to stay home, um, we kind of see how things open up a little bit. Hopefully we can, manufacturers can start to hire. I mean, that's all you, people can't find employees right now, right? So there's a right. lot of demand out there, but people can't find employees. Gas stations are running out of fuel and it's not because there's not fuel. It's because nobody, to, there's nobody to drive the fuel to the, to the station. So, um, I'm kind of optimistic that maybe as we get people back to work, hopefully that that maybe some of this will loosen up and people can keep up with with some of the demand. But uh, I mean, it's been somewhat steady over the past couple of months, but I don't know what the new norm is. I, right. I still don't know that there's anybody can tell. 
with with your exposure to retailers, uh, you know, how much of the conversation has been around like inflation or trying to look at the, what is the risk of not only us not having employees, but, you know, transportation costs, uh, product costs are going up. And now yeah. it's now there's more demand for employees. So now maybe my cost for for an empl- a normal employee has gone up. Yeah. I mean, people, the, the, the pay grade that people are having to, you know, increase rates in order to in order to pay people. I hear. Uh, stuff on the radio all the time. Um, local manufacturer looking for 22, 25, paying $22 an hour uh, for starting manufacturing wages, right? You know, warehouse people are competing in that same same range. Drivers, um, driver wages are going up because of all that. So it's, you know, everything everything is going up right now from a price standpoint. Yeah, it's crazy. I think we saw, what do we see sure. from US Express? I think like two months ago or something along those lines, like a, a part-time driver uh, was they had oh, yeah, they vetted that said would make about seventy five k a year for a yeah. part time driver, which is yeah. just maybe crazy. we should negotiate higher wages. Yeah, <laughs> we should. <laughs> Clearly, there's a hot demand for co-hosts on with Sonar. We but, should actually bring that up. No, that's that's hilarious. You, so, you guys, God, man. Like Phil told us, you know, I mean, it's just it is straight what it is. from the straight from the man of data, market so, demand. That's right, market demand. No, that I, I mean, ODW is hiring. If this ends up being your last, uh, there last we show, go. just yes. <laughs> Who knows? George might kick us off air just because of that. Uh, yeah. flex, so we might be calling you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's he's our secret number one fan. He is our secret number one fan. President of the company, so he can't ever seem to be too impressed with what you know the two knuckleheads sitting up here do. But secretly, yeah, he loves us. No, that's right. perfect. At least that's well, what we tell well, ourselves. I know we're kind of wrapping this up here a little bit, but uh, you know, tell us a little bit about where people can reach out to you and kind of that specialty that ODW has. Yeah, so um, you know, we're a full su- supply chain suite. So ODW Logistics, we have warehousing and transportation, um, and also uh, fleet services as well. So um, you know, our, our you can reach us at uh, www.odwlogistics.com. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Phil Schmidbauer. Um, and, and really we just focus on middle tier customers, uh, supply chain suite. And like I said before, optimizing the supply chain and looking at, are you distributing from the right points? Then the daily tactical optimization of your loads and then sourcing the best. Um, and so we're just a consultative approach to, to customer service with our customer supply chains. That's fantastic. That's great stuff, Phil. Phil, thanks so much for joining us uh, here today. All right. And, uh, it was a pleasure to have you. Hey, to be on. Thanks for having me guys. Absolutely. Take care, Phil. Great, great guy. He's dropping knowledge. The well of wealth that we are pulling from week after week of just hitter after hitter. I know. Absolutely crushing it. And like, there's so much wealth and knowledge there that we have to pivot to like the other side of the spectrum where we're about to react to some TikToks. So (laughs) like, it's just... You got to balance it out. Hey, you, know, you can't yin have yin and yang. You know, that's it. There, there you got to have it. flow of both. And it's funny yeah. because our our um, our people behind the scenes here are telling us that we were George's second favorite show. Yeah, that hits the heart a little that, bit. That hurts to people in my that ear. A bit. That uh, was a little a little backhanded compliment. But uh, but no, he ODW is great. I was uh, very fortunate that I got to work with them pretty much through the life cycle of getting them on boarded, and they've just taken it and ran. Yeah. So. What have you done? Still trying to figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) But if anybody out there would like us, is interested in Sonar, and you want to save my month, you are more than welcome to reach out to me. Again, Luke Falasco on LinkedIn, 
Alaska at freightwaves.com. <laughs> um, I bake great cookies. If you need incentives, um, that's a lie. My wife does, but I'll rebrand it as myself. Um, yeah, anything. I'll mow your lawn for you. I'm getting desperate now. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. do, what you gotta do. I'm not above it. I'm not above it. I'm not, not below it. Not, bu- not above it. Definitely but, not below uh, it. TikTok um, time. Yeah. Anyways, TikToks. Let's see what we got here. I think there's, I believe the title, if I read correctly, was Weird TikToks. I don't know what that means. I've, uh, oh, here we go. Yeah, that's weird. Oh, we know her. Do we? I can't breathe. My dad is ready for that. It's just, she's wearing the tie. She's wearing the tie. And Tony Hawk? <laughs> Do a cake flip, dude. Do a cake flip, dude. <laughs> I wasn't ready. Avril Levine? No? Not ringing a bell? <sighs> no, who Adam Levine is. Adam Levine. Yeah. Avril Levine. She's wearing the tie. Tony Hawk. Say Adam Levine? No. Oh. God. Luke. I'm just going to see myself out. Anyways. Oh. Luke, Luke, look. About what length men's shorts should be. But the fact is, all of these are wrong. There's only one acceptable length. And it's ankle level jewels. <laughs> Cover up, whore. Ah, <laughs> oh, what movie was that guy from? Short should be. I was looking at this bottle of ketchup, and the featured recipe on the back is for pad thai, which makes total sense. I mean, authentic Vietnamese pad thai isn't the same without Heinz ketchup. Anyway, my therapist told me that I need to stop letting little things like this bother me so much, so I'm just gonna let it go. I totally. Don't you think they should have chosen like meatloaf or something? Just because there's so many recipes that use ketchup. Right. Honestly, sir, I'm not really sure. It's like if you I bought a can of coconut milk and then you look at the back and there's a recipe for beef Wellington. Right. No, I I, I totally see where you're coming from. So what I can do for you today is I can pass this information you've given me off to our recipe division. You guys have an entire division for this? That, Even though you know it's staged, it's quite it's quite wonderful. Well, still. first of all, that was significantly longer than what I feel like the average time length it is was. for TikTok. Two, the the amount of dedication should probably get this guy hired somewhere in sales. That's because true. this guy went above and beyond, did his research, found the Love contact it. information. Freightwaves is hiring Freightwaves 37 is hiring. open positions. And Love we found out he's in Canada. Secretly the nicest guy in the world. Maybe he could save my month and help sell Sonar for me. At everyday Alex, help Luke, elflaska at freightwaves.com. Come on. <laughs> I need all the help I can get. Oh, geez. No, well, that's true. Those were true. those were actually I had not seen any of those TikToks. So shout out to our team well for done. getting some new blood in the system because I've been I, watching TikToks. We're gonna need some Olympic TikToks or whatever when when all that stuff happens, just letting you know. No, but so you mean no. Probably not. But maybe. But maybe. So, but uh, we don't need to talk about that at all. For those wondering, the person in my ear, Adam Levine or whatever, Avril, Avril, whatever. Okay, it's all the same thing. All right, us. All right. Well, let's let's wrap this bad boy up. Okay, been a great show, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week, Wednesday, live, three thirty p.m. Luke and Kyle discussing nothing but the best and greatest freight data that you can get. Will FedEx give back more lanes? Who knows? Who we'll knows? see. Or will they take away more? We'll find out next week. Next week. See you then.